0: Welcome
1: back to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 94, Thursday, October 1st, 2020. And you just heard it, ladies and gentlemen. I have some very exciting news to share with all of you listeners out there, because this is a milestone moment for the Doggy Juice Podcast. Starting this week, the pod will have a new home, and I could not be more happy about it. You will now officially be able to find the Doggy Juice Pod content all over the Dimers platforms moving forward. And to say exciting times are ahead for this podcast and the podcast's new partner is a huge understatement. Dimers.com is a brand new sports betting content platform that just launched last month and will provide all of you sports and sports betting fans out here in the good old US of A with news, tools, live odds, and predictions for all sports. I am 100% aligned with the vision of Dimers to create a more educated sports betting community that utilizes analytics to uncover edges in the various sports betting markets around the world. They have a great team over there, and I could not be more excited and appreciative for this opportunity. For all of you new listeners out there, welcome. Just a quick background on myself and this podcast. My name is Mike. I'm an attorney born and raised here in Chicago. Well, technically, the Chicago suburbs, but I've been living in the city for over a decade now for a good four to five years as an attorney um, working in downtown Chicago. Most of the legal work I did involved using data and analytics to help companies undergoing investigations, whether those were internal or otherwise, or preparing for litigation to come up with legal and compliance strategies based on insights from that data. I'm currently a legal analyst and writer over at bet chicago and bet indiana where i've been for over a year now and i started doing the doggy juice podcast more or less as a passion project just and i started that just over two years ago literally from my couch and i started this podcast with the dual goals of keeping listeners up to date with legal developments in the sports betting space here in america as more and more states legalize sports betting while also educating new bettors out there interested in learning how to attack things the right way. Over the years I learned a great deal about sports handicapping from the late great David Malinsky who lived in Las Vegas. Uh, People in the industry obviously know who he is and in my opinion he was the greatest sports handicapper of all time. used to work with Billy Walters and he taught valuable lessons uh, before his untimely death a month before PASPA was overturned. So the idea to start this podcast first came into my head around that time when the Supreme Court overturned PASPA back in May of 2018, I thought it would be fun and worthwhile to discuss some of the things I learned from Malinsky over the years, and really more importantly, to help people here in the States learn how to think as a sports better, because that's the important thing, especially if you're trying to do this over the long haul. It really is all about numbers and learning how to process information and weave through the BS in as efficient a manner as possible. So with my legal background, this is just a natural fit for me. And now fast forward two years later, 94 episodes in, a boatload of units won for my loyal Doggy Juice Pod listeners who've been around for the entire ride so far, and now we have legalized sports betting taking place in nearly half the states with plenty more to come. This is only just the beginning. And these next few months and years will be crucial to the development of the legal regulated sports betting market here in the United States. And partnering up with a site like Dimers is the absolute perfect thing for this podcast because Dimers' goal is to build a community of like-minded thinkers who want to help educate others about sports betting and ultimately growing together during these incredibly exciting times. So welcome all of you out there. I hope... You enjoy making the Doggy Juice podcast a part of your weekly routine. We're coming off Ugly Dog Week. And boy, oh boy, did the dogs bark last weekend. Oh man. Kansas State won outright over Oklahoma as 28 point underdogs. If you sprinkled some money line on that one, you could have gotten uh, K State at 16 to 1 odds on the money line. Georgia was on upset alert. They're losing at halftime to Arkansas before pulling away in the second half but they did not cover that one. George Southern, another podcast play. They're right there in the end, almost one outright. They lost by 2 in the last in the closing seconds to Louisiana Lafayette. as 11.11 and a half point closing underdogs. A lot of other big dogs made some noise last weekend and there's a few more that I like on the card in both college football and the NFL this weekend and some favorites too. So, let's get down to business. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. The baseball playoffs are here, and it's kind of nuts. With eight three-game series taking place yesterday, baseball fans out there were definitely in their happy place. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast, I sit down for a chat with my pal Dobzilla, one of the very first guests of the Doggy Juice Pod, to break down some baseball, talk about How his beloved White Sox here in our wonderful city of Chicago were one of the most profitable teams to bet on in this wacky, shortened 2020 regular season. And the White Sox actually were the number one most profitable team for run-line bettors this year. So Dobzilla and I chatted about the randomness of these playoffs, and he offers a few things to look for as we continue on. And then after that, I'll dive into some college football in the NFL And of course, we'll hear back from the Doggy Juice Pod's very own, The Danimal, to hear what his NFL picks are for the weekend. But first, some quick hitters. Updated presidential odds. And to be clear, the Doggy Juice Podcast is not a political podcast, so we do not delve into political takes here. We only look at the betting market from a purely objective perspective for the sole purpose of finding betting edges. But Biden did move up to minus 160 consensus in the market after the debate. Trump plus 140 on the Take Back, so slight little move to Biden in the market after the debate. And these are actually the shortest odds the Democrats have been. But even before the debate, Roxy Roxborough, a Vegas legend, um, he went on Gil Alexander's show on Veasan and, and mentioned that when you look around at the current. Or the recent updated state presidential markets and add up the do all the math. Biden should actually be more like a minus 170 favorite right now, which makes the recent move after the debate make a lot more sense. Anyway, make sure you also bet the catch-all props instead. So instead of if you're finding the same price on Biden or just Democrats to win, definitely take the Democrats just to eliminate tail risk. There's huge money in these markets. And they're remarkably efficient over the years, so it's definitely something to pay attention to. But Biden, interestingly, had a move on him this week after, after the debates. The NBA Finals began last night. The Lakers opened a favorite in the minus 350 to minus 450 range to win the series. But then some money came in on the dog, the Miami Heat, lowered that a little bit. After initially going down early in game one, the Lakers coasted last night, easily covering the closing spread of four and a half. The Heat were getting a lot of betting attention before last night's game. That line shrank down after opening five or higher. Now for game two tomorrow, I'm seeing a lot of seven and a half and eights out there. A lot of that is due to the injury concerns for the Heat. I know Bam Adebayo and Goran are are injured right now, so obviously that's why that that line's a little bit higher right now than your game one line but it's going to be hard for the heat to win four games in this series when the two best players on the floor are on the other team and still though the heat may have the next three or four best players after the top two or at least they can on any given night so i think they should definitely steal one or two depending on these injuries but the lakers looked poised uh, they look poised to win this one in six games i think The Preakness is this weekend to close out a most bizarre 2020 Triple Crown. There's not much betting interest in this one, or interest in general, just with everything else going on in the world right now, and sports-wise as well. But the Preakness will see its fair share of action, no doubt. Authentic, the Kentucky Derby winner, is the shortest shot at around plus 180. Tis the law, the Belmont winner is not racing in this one. And Authentic's probably going to close even shorter than the current odds, at least from what I'm hearing. Art Collector is next at around 3 to 1 odds. Swiss Skydiver, 6 to 1. And Thousand Words, 6 to 1 odds, are the next shortest shots behind that. And behind them, there's a pack of about 15 to 1 odds or higher. Thousand Words, it's a Bob Baffert horse. It's the one that I thought was ready to make some noise back in the Kentucky Derby before flopping and, and getting scratched right before that race. And that's actually the horse I bet on back before the Derby here on the Doggy Juice Pout as well. But Baffert, interestingly, he's 5-for-5 five five with Kentucky Kentucky Derby winning horses, winning the Preakness. So that's something to keep in mind for Authentic. At only a four-week layoff after the Kentucky Derby, though, for Authentic, so it's less of a layoff than a horse is used to. Uh, Swiss Skydiver is getting a lot of talk right now. I'm interested in actually getting into play on my my horse thousand words though i will look to key that horse in with swiss skydiver authentic and art collector on my tickets but as always we always say on the doggy juice pod that uh, pair mutual wagering the horses is incredibly difficult next to impossible to beat in the long long run the house hold is just too high to overcome in the long run but nothing wrong with throwing some pizza money down on a triple crown race all right, on Tuesday of this week, the Major League Baseball playoffs began. And to say it has been a wild ride so far will be quite the understatement. So to help sort through all of it, last night I sat down with, with the resident Doggy Juice Pod baseball expert, Dobzilla, for a brief chat about the MLB playoffs. And we even quickly touch on our experience with the Illinois Sportsbook apps so far. Here it is. It's a pleasure to bring back on a true OG, one of the very first guests of the Doggy Juice pod, making his return is the Dobezilla. How's it going, man? It's going well. How are you? Doing great, dude. And I bet you're doing even better because you are a baseball aficionado and we had eight postseason games today. Actually, we're recording this on Wednesday night and the Dodgers game just, uh, I think first pitch just came down in that one. So, I mean, it must just be, like, absolute heaven for you, I'm assuming, right now. And I know you have a day job and stuff, but how are you handling – how are you going about handling all this baseball action right now all at the same time today and this
2: Dude, week? Dude, I was, I was saying earlier that this is the best day of baseball I've ever seen. I mean, everyone gets into the playoffs more for baseball. It's kind of like hockey, that there's so many games during the year that a lot of the, I guess – sometimes fans don't pay attention or watch yeah. every game but um having eight games of playoff baseball on in one day is is pretty fantastic
1: it's completely unprecedented i know like tim kirchens said something along the lines of this is the greatest day of my life or something like that but uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean for everybody out there listening dopezilla is a chicago land born and raised An old friend of mine we go way back he's a Sox fan by trade but but a baseball purist in the sense that he appreciates the history of the game. He knows the ins and outs of the game, He grew up around the game, and he's someone who I consider to be very, a very terrific spotter of value on the baseball betting boards. But before we talk baseball, I want to talk to you a bit about the Illinois sportsbooks with you, specifically uh, sportsbook apps. And for all of our lives, you and I here in Chicago, we've had zero legal sports betting apps available for us to bet on our phones until – june of the summer and now we have five <laughs> mobile outs just in a matter of a few months uh, we have five of them with more on the way we got bet rivers DraftKings, kings van duel points bet william hill are there any takeaways early takeaways from the dopezilla on that front in terms of maybe which apps you're liking the most and just to be clear everybody doggy juice pod is not sponsored uh, directly by any of these of these sports books or apps but any early takeaways from the dopezilla on that front on the on the, on the early apps
2: yeah. So, I mean, it started and it was the wild, wild west for free bets pretty much. And I, you and I have had discussions. They're all just fighting for all of the legal betting business of the Chicagoland right. area, right? So, I mean, there was probably a good three or four weeks there. I didn't have to put in more than fifty to a hundred dollars on any site because every week or every other day there would be a oh here take the Lakers plus eighty nine and 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 it's free bet, right? It's free money. So
0: yeah it's
1: free money, literally.
2: So for those of us in the Chicagoland that were sitting here waiting to for this opportunity, it was a pretty big heyday to the terms of, I don't know, probably five hundred to seven hundred bucks right off the bat. And that's I mean, it's a gambler's dream, right? It's basically right. money to put put wherever you want.
1: Right. No, they're all about acquiring customers right now and to the point where they're willing to operate at a loss early on. And like some of these bets, like on like DraftKings, for example, like the first score in an NBA game that's been going out throughout the playoffs, you get those that boosted the first basket to plus mm-hmm. one fifty on either side. These are like quick bets, too, that you can like suck in people with. Like, I I don't know about you, but I'm getting like my significant other. My fiance got her signed up on these books and she's doing the DraftKings app. And she's actually into these games just, you know, early on. It's not much to ask, like to watch for the first basket of the game. She can go on with her night after that, after the bets decided just see who scores first. And you're getting it's a plus EV bet because it's a coin flip, you know, unless you're obviously if it's a team like the Lakers against a smaller team, you got to look at which team's more likely to get the first possession, get the tip off. But usually it's close enough to even money. And, and even if so, if it's not even money, you could still take that team at plus 150 on, on a bet like that. So you're getting, it's a plus EV bet. It's quick. It's easy. If you're done with it at the start of the night, there's little things like that that I think are, are really just, it's just bringing in a lot of people and it's, and they're, they're good bets. They're fun bets too. So do, are you doing like a lot of those, um, the boosters and the, I know like there's like some same game parlays where they, they actually like refund you if you lose. I think Fanduel does that one.
2: Yeah. So the boosts you need to keep a sharp eye on, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, you've spoken about parlays on this show before. That the value for a better who bets often is not necessarily there on parlays, and almost yeah. all the boosts are, in fact, parlays. So right. I guess at least in the last probably a week or two maybe six to eight weeks after the the heyday of free bets came out um they've started to push people more towards parlays they have like 30 percent parlay boosts and things of that nature which for the untrained eyes seems like a good deal but you're gonna lose those most of the time right so exactly. you, you definitely have to keep your uh, eyes open for some of those boosts but that being said, if you see something you like on there, take it. Like it, yeah. if, if it, oh yeah fire make,
1: away just do it. You know the White Sox too. It's like you know, you see like the Cubs Sox deals in the playoffs, but um, the Sox in Game One yesterday, which which they won obviously, you saw like a market move and, and points bets um, advertising on that was hey we're we're bringing it down from minus one thirty or minus or whatever the you know the starting line was. Or the, the line in the market at the time when they started the promotion, they said we're gonna we're gonna make it even money for you, we're gonna move at 30 cents. But then, you know, if people that are paying attention to the market, there was a market move on the A's before the game, and you can actually find the socks minus 110, minus 115 in a lot of places, and that really takes away a lot of that edge and stuff, but they're still advertising it like, hey, we're we're giving you 30 cents here, but in reality the market moved on you, so you gotta mm-hmm. be still paying attention. But um, so speaking about your white socks though. Um, moving on to to baseball talk and playoff baseball talk um, obviously they 've been a betting machine for you I think the the term you 've used is your your dobezilla investment fund do you want do you want to uh, share how how the white sox have been for you as a better during this uh the shortened covid season
2: yeah i 've called them my retirement fund <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they've they 've just been absolutely fantastic and uh, obviously I was biased going into it i 've been waiting for this team for I mean, five years at this point. I saw all the moves that uh, Rick Hahn was making, and I loved them all. I was just sitting here waiting for our uh, a lot of our prospects to get up, um, and I I compare it a lot to the uh, your beloved Chicago Cubs, the year where they overperformed and
1: 2015, yeah, just out of nowhere,
2: took it to the NLCS, lost to the Mets there, unfortunately, but. They were a year early, at least, for where they should have been, and that's that was this year for the White Sox. Like they, they're one of those teams that they're so talented but so raw. They win a lot of games that they shouldn't, but they also lose some games that they shouldn't. So I have <laughs> been burned as well, and I, I've expressed my frustration at times to you. With but I mean. Overall, obviously we we see the record; it, it was good, and I did not bet them heavily and down the stretch after they clinched. So, that's I, yeah. good. Because I mean,
0: they were
1: a sneaky bunch this year. I mean, if I remember correctly, they lost four of their first five, and all of our Sox fan friends they're trying to jump off of burning building pretty much, and then yeah. they they reeled off six in a row after that. And then mm-hmm. there was no team better from all, like around mid-August to mid-September. yep. Uh, but obviously then the Sox didn't finish the season well, like you were alluding to. They lost seven of their last eight. And you were starting to hear some of the same things for the bridge jumpers at that time, you know, at the end of the season, oh, Renneria of R- R- this, you know. But they still finished as the number one team against the spread in the league this year, at least uh, at least the last time I checked that, I think they finished. It was 38-22 and 22 against the spread, something like that. But um, it's interesting when you look at the markets, though, full game versus first five. And I know you're really big into betting first fives too. And, and, and really finding value in those markets. But um, according to odd shark, I was looking this up before we start recording. There's this really cool table with, with major league baseball first five records and the white Sox ended up going 29, 22 and nine in first first fives this season, which is obviously really strong. But despite that, if you were betting them and they got so popular in the betting markets and they were to start the year, but if you were betting a hundred dollars on them for each first five, you actually went slightly in the red this year. You were down $28 and 42 cents. Mm. But I think, like I said, I think a lot of that could be attributed to to the that pricing and, you know, the pricing being expensive of them at the start of the year, especially they're the most public team ever in, in Vegas and and, the, and offshore and all everywhere just to be the team that would actually take it, you know, to win it all this year. And, and they got expensive again down the stretch, obviously, when they're, when they're winning all those games. So, it's just a interesting thing, an interesting thing to follow the White Sox this year, and and especially with all of our friends that are that are huge diehards. So
2: yeah, I mean, I I follow my doggy juice ten commandments. Like you, you can't just blindly take the White Sox every game. But that being said, with just knowing, I mean, I've followed them my whole life, so maybe I got a little bit more exposure to the Sox than your casual or your professional or casual better. But if you see a line on the White Sox minus 170 against a better pitcher than, I mean, let's say Dylan Cease is going just a mid-tier starting pitcher um, against uh, the Indians and Shane Bieber, for example. I don't even know if this happened this year. But you get the White Sox at a minus or a plus 180 line, you always take it because they're so young they don't know that they should lose like it's it's (laughs) like I know that doesn't follow the mathematical formulas or algorithms or things like that but I I also think that baseball you can find um advantages that way because it is more of a gut feeling or if someone's hot they're hot or the travel schedule matters as well like it it's there's advantages to be found from being a diehard fan and baseball more so than some of the other sports. At least that's what I believe.
1: No, it's a good point. Especially in a year like COVID this year where there's so many more variables in play. And, it, and to your point, like the Sox are so young, they don't know any better. That's kind of like the same vibe that we had with the Cubs back in 2015. It's like, it's okay. Like you're kind of playing a little more loose. The expectations aren't quite there. Although you can argue now that the expectations are growing for this, this team, given all of their, potential and all the optimism around them but but really that's i mean it's a good point just because they can it's almost like they they're too young for their own good or they can't you know they're they're not aware that they're favorites when they are favorites and and they can really embrace that like hey it's it's us it's the young guys that attitude and no one's expected much from us so yeah it's been interesting i mean it's and i'm hoping that the white Sox, obviously recording this on wednesday night they could be out on thursday i think the game three is thursday right the, yeah it is yeah, it gets, so i mean we'll be releasing the pod that day but hopefully they can get through and that's the thing about these playoffs um and let's i guess we could talk about just a couple of playoffs things if you have any predictions for us too but one of my favorite stats in sports is and i, I think i've told you and, our, and some of our friends this but it's from this academic study done a couple of years ago by three people you could find the it's like a 40 page article online but there's also a summary article over at Stats by Lopez. It's run by Michael Lopez. He's, he's a statistics professor. Sure. And it's about the role of chance in postseason play. And they developed like a, a Bayesian state space models using betting market data. And based off their findings, the better team wins a seven-game series in the NBA 80% of the time. And for the better team to advance 80% of the time in other sports – Here's how long of a series you'll need to play in the NFL. You'd need to play a best of 11 to get the better team to win 80% of the time. It's not too much different than the NBA, but for the NHL, and we know how random NHL playoff hockey can be for the NHL. You, you just need to, you need to play a 51, best of 51 to get the better team to win 80% of the time. And in baseball, you have to play a best of 75 according to their findings to get the best team to win 80% of the time. So we're dealing right now on Tuesday. And that's why obviously baseball, we see all of that variance as it is, you know, before this year, but now this year, we're starting out with eight best of three series to kick off this MLB postseason. And sure enough today, we, we had um, the Cubs lose today against the team that they're pretty heavily, heavily favored over in the Marlins. And we had, we had our first two game series sweep, with the underdog Astros beating the twins. Mm -hmm. So obviously the underdogs are already kind of letting it be known. So is this, I mean, for me, it's, it's almost like a dog or pass type of thing. And I don't make numbers in baseball and I don't, I just try to follow the market whenever I'm making baseball bets and, and uh, try and get on the sharp side. But are there any things, I mean, are you thinking along the same lines as me, like looking more underdogs early on and the early going here in the playoffs and, and kind of what's your way of attacking the playoffs early on from a betting standpoint?
2: Yeah, and uh, I mean, we had a discussion early, even before this all started, that I like the season bets or the future bets for all of the lesser teams in, in the week right. because there's going to be way more variance in a 60 game season. There's just no way around it. Um, but in terms of the playoffs, uh, much like hockey, you always see the hot wildcard team get in sneak into the playoffs on like a five game win streak. And then they just continue on throughout the rest of the playoffs. And there's nothing that can happen. Um That being said, there's also talent that will always win out. So for example, I guess I got some picks. I, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, that's, that's good. We're, we're a little, <laughs> that's little what people we're a little behind on some of these, but I think there's going to be way more variants in the AL than the NL. Um, just based off of how I think the, the floor is higher for the um, AL than the NL. And I also think the ceiling is higher for the NL than the AL. Um, So with that being said, I, my surprise picks, I guess, were A's Indians depending on if they can beat the Yankees here. Um, A's, Indians That's what we're recording. And Houston for the AL. And then NL, I had Marlins because these smaller market teams, and especially with how regional this year has been, I haven't watched one A's game the entire year, but I've, I've kept up with the stats and things and know what they're trying to do. And they're one of those teams that just has a, absolute fantastic bullpen best bullpen in the league and they're following that formula that the royals did a couple years ago when they won the world series where you get a starter makes it through three innings and you can just throw your bullpen out there and they can take a 1-0 lead and win the game um indians just have the best starting pitching um in the league nl or al um so you always go with the strong starting pitching as well. Um, Marlins are one of those teams that are probably shit three years too early for what they should. Be. Um, but again, it's the, the hot team and they're just happy to be there. Um, I don't think yeah. the Cubs are a good team. They're, I was saying earlier today that they're the best bad team out there. Like they, <laughs> They haven't done much all year. That's like, wow, that's an outstanding team. Like they don't, they don't have an MVP caliber um, hitter. Like Chris Bryan isn't what he was before he got hit in
1: that. Having a tough year.
2: Yeah. Um, Schwarber's hitting 190, which Schwarber's good enough. He can turn it on anytime. But I, I, I took the Marlins today, um, and the other one was Houston, which they already won because. They're Houston, and just because...
1: Not- <laughs> or is it the Twins being the Twins, too? 17, I think it is, playoff mm-hmm. games in a row. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs>
2: You'd expect some regression, right? But obviously not not this
1: year. Right. Well, I mean, as a former player, I mean, just quick aside here on the Twins losing 17. I mean, obviously, that's 17 in a row in the playoffs. Most of these players, I mean, all of them haven't been around, obviously, that whole time, but most of them haven't even been around for more than a few of them. Mm -hmm. But is there like some, is there like an institutional thing that comes into play? If you're a former player, like, or as a former player, do you think that gets like in your head a little and it's like a self fulfilling type of prophecy when, when you're, you know, that that 17 in a row exists and you're taking the field and and it's almost like a weight on your shoulders?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I view all these as professionals. They are trying to, Use their skills, their bat, their pitches to the best of their ability to get it done. I just don't like any of the Twins teams ever. Like you, you look at their <laughs> staff, and Kenta uh, Maeda was these their ace. Like that—that's not an ace. Um, they have a 40-year-old Nelson Cruz who still mashes the ball, and I'll never say anything bad about Nelson Cruz. Really <laughs> dominated the Sox this year, but there's still a breaking point on a 40-year-old DH, right? And you can pitch around them and things like that. And they hit the most home runs last year, but home runs and random hitting doesn't win you playoff series. I mean – I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't have won at least one of those 18 games. Cause,
1: well, I'm sure the Yankees are a lot of those 18 or whatever right. the number is. They
2: should have won many right. of those games. They have talented teams, but it's not sure. – I'm not going to sit here and say they should have won the World Series because they've never had the best team or more, most talented, and that's just not not a great squad year in year you know. out. But I, that's also some of my bias being a Sox fan.
1: <laughs> no, I mean it's almost like you can see it coming as – and I, I did – I didn't do many pre, or, uh, pre-playoff bets, but I did take some Astros plus 150 to win that series. And it was just, it was almost just like, okay, these guys have been here also as well. There's the pressure angle of the Twins. And, and in terms of the X's and O's, like, the Astros are kind of well, you know, it's obviously they're still the Astros, but it's kind of seemed like they were peaking in terms of they had the bullpen set and all the pieces were there to at least give the Twins, you know, the challenge. And like we said before, the three game series type of thing, anything can happen and, with the randomness of a, a major league baseball playoff. So um do you, to, to finish this up, do you have any, and you kind of alluded to some of your plays, but if you have one surprise team that you think is going to win it all this year um, in these playoffs, what's that surprise team that maybe people are just under the radar, people aren't expecting?
2: I would probably say Houston. Um, they have the hitting and at least one starting pitcher that can get it done. So I, it's possible Grinky could pull a, I know Corey Kluber pitched three games in the world series against the Cubs. Couldn't pull it off, but he's good enough to do that. And they have the hitting to back it up. Um, Altuve has been rough all year. Correa has been hot and cold, but again, when those players are hot, there's no stopping them. So it's, I mean, it's obviously a roll of the dice, but that's one team that at least has the ceiling that they could win.
1: Yeah, and, and when you got to stand six feet apart, it's a little harder to uh, find some shenanigans under the jersey. Yeah, too. Right. Yeah.
2: But it, <laughs> I will say it's going to be so tough to beat the Dodgers. They're so good.
1: Yeah. They're, no,
2: <laughs> yeah. Two MVPs in the middle of the lineup, and Bellinger's another one of those guys that has been – Having a rough year, but I mean, he turns it on and he wins games for you. Like it's, I think some of these stars are going to come to play in the playoffs, and it's just a matter of who can get it done that will win.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, who will get it done and who will avoid uh, the bad beats? Because and the bounces of the ball. Because as we know, the baseball playoffs, crazy shit can happen, and uh, yeah. we've already kind of seen the start of it right now. Yeah. So.
2: There's there's also teams that just go out there and and win for whatever reason like the St. Louis Cardinals is one of them right yeah. year in year out they don't have the squad to compete with i mean the cubs some years and some of the other teams but they're always up there um and winning games in the playoffs seemingly effortlessly and Yankees is the other one they just expect to win and i don't i don't know why as <laughs> that's how it is they just it's a bit of a culture thing and they're like oh we're just gonna go out and win and if we give up you know four runs in the first two innings or whatever they did today they're gonna put up <laughs> five in the fourth and be fine
1: you know, something about having all those studs you just feel like you, when you're pitching and you turn around and you see you know stanton and all these all these fans or all these uh star players sorry, no fans just star players behind you as a as a pitcher it's it's gotta be kind of uh, kind of reassuring when you give up, you know, three or four runs to start the game. You look back and you know that those guys are gonna be getting three or four at bats in the game. So that's something to be said there for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. This is awesome bringing you back. And there's no no other person I would have wanted to bring on to start out these crazy baseball playoffs and help help us all sort it through. So uh, thanks for coming on and, and good luck with all your reaction and and uh, we'll be bringing you on again. I'm sure. Soon enough to talk about some baseball.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, dude. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Godzilla! Thank you very much, Dobzilla. Really appreciate you coming on. The MLB playoffs this year are feeling a lot like March Madness, and I'm definitely here for it. Maybe not in future years, but very exciting stuff these past few days. All right, time to move on to gridiron handicapping. Let's start with some college football. Like I said at the top of the pod, Ugly Dog Week last week did not disappoint. I'm going to keep the couch football talk relatively short, though, in this episode because this pod is going to run a little bit longer than I had planned. But this week, my favorite play on the board is West Virginia, plus three, and Moneyline at plus 125 or better. The wrong team's favorite in this one. Mountaineers are hosting Baylor at home gladly scoop up the home dog catching a field goal here baylor is overrated according to my numbers west virginia coming off a bit of a misleading final losing to an ok state team that really wanted to break out of its cocoon last weekend i think in this spot this line should be uh, the wrong team is favored i do have west virginia slightly favored in this one so i will gladly take a full field goal with the underdog home team in that one another home dog iowa state it's at 7.5 on FanDuel last time I looked, but I would only get in for about a half a unit on this one, sprinkle some money line as part of that half a unit. I was really looking forward to playing Iowa State at home this week as a dog hosting Oklahoma, and especially when it looked like Oklahoma was having a tough time getting past K-State last week. But now I'm really just I'm looking into it, and I, I want to do it for a little bit less I have a little bit less conviction on it just because Oklahoma lost that game against K-State outright. They're going to have their full attention, obviously, on this one, but it's plus seven or better. It's definitely worth a slice of pie on the Iowa State team that I've been all over here on the Doggy Juice Pod the past couple years. Brock Purdy and Iowa State, led by Matt Campbell. They're 100% live dogs here, and I think it's just going to be a great game. Saturday, one of the best battles in the Big 12. And then in terms of primetime action – Georgia versus Auburn in the SEC. I definitely lean the way of Auburn getting the points. and recommend a small position at Auburn at anything plus 7 plus seven or better. But pay attention to whether or not JT Daniels starts for Georgia. The Vultures have already chipped away at this one, though, because uh, this one opened at plus 8 in circa in Vegas, and you can get north of a touchdown for a while on this one. Be sure to check out the BetHub for college football over at dimers.com for news on these games especially as they approach, and updated win probabilities as Saturday gets closer. All right, it's time to move on now to some NFL talk. Hello. COVID has had its first big impact on the NFL. Unless you're under a rock, you've heard that for week four, the Titans and Steelers game was postponed, and then just today it was officially announced that That game will not be played this week between those two 3-0 teams. The aforementioned Titans are the first team in NFL history, at least according to my knowledge, to start the season 5-0 straight up, but 0-3 against the spread. There are three wins over the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Vikings. Totals continued to rip on the over last week. Overs cashed, and people were rewarded for betting their overs for the most part, although interestingly, totals were looking like they were heading under in a lot of the first halves before the onslaught of offense came on later in a lot of the games. For reference, the average NFL total heading into this year was just about smack dab at 45, and that number was up from previous years when it was consistent consistently in the low 40s, but now we're seeing so many games priced in the 50s, some of them in the mid to high 50s, so If you're looking to bet these overs, just keep that in mind because it's becoming more clear that it's being priced into these numbers and we're likely going to see a pendulum shift here in the next few weeks where we start getting some more unders, especially as defenses uh, figure stuff out, learn how to tackle better, and and start to uh, assimilate more uh, the units together because they didn't have, obviously, much of an offseason to go at full speed. Not the best-looking card this week in NFL Week 4. Uh, to be honest, in terms of appetizing games. But before we move on to my official place for the week, let's hear who our pal, the Danimal, has going this week. What is up, Danimal? Welcome back to the pod. Last week was your first losing week this year on the pod, one and two. But um, I think we had a little lesson that was learned uh, with that, especially with that total, right, in, the, in that uh, Monday night game with the Chiefs and the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I had a... Um... I had to check my notes to make sure that I gave out fifty three and a half. Otherwise, um, it would have been an offer and I would have felt bad. And again, still hand up um, for you slow pokes. You probably lost that bet, but it was there. And Doggy Juice always tells me to um, try to bet on Wednesday, Thursday, or any time in the week. But that total, you got screwed if you waited.
1: Absolutely screwed. And like all those people out there bitching about – taking 54 and a half and losing of course that game should have went over but it didn't that's the fact of the matter and 53 53 and a half was available all week and obviously it was foreseeable that maybe some public over money would come in to push that puppy up a little bit books definitely needed that to go under and it stayed under the closing total but danimal did give it out 53 and a half on the pod last week got to get at those numbers early and uh you're still you still have a winning record on the pod this year still very confident in your abilities of course so uh what do you got for us this week in NFL week four?
0: And just to add, the Falcons are dead to me. Absolutely oh, dead. Yeah. Should have been two and of, one. I don't want to say yeah. should have. Come on. 98%. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, they so they are so dead to me. I don't want to see them ever again on TV. And I'm just so convinced um, Dan Quinn has to have the best blackmail ever on Arthur Blank because he just keeps sticking around. I mean, he <laughs> – Did something historical, like every year, and this year he beat himself again. Like he just keeps (laughs) upping his failures. It's so impressive. I mean, like what does that do for like a a locker room, like a team? You know, when you blow two
1: leads like that, with you know you're ninety nine percent to win back to back weeks, and now you got to go on the road on Monday Night Football play. You know the Packers, who are one of the surprising stories at the start of the year. How the hell do you even keep your locker room intact?
0: I keep seeing a lot of comments on Twitter, and again, it's there's eighty players on a team and a couple people, but like. All his players support him. So, again, I don't know how, why they keep saying it's not his fault. But, I mean, I guess that means it's the players' fault and they suck. But I don't know.
1: <laughs> All right, well, what do you got for, uh, for week four? I'm, I'm assuming you're staying away from the Falcons on Monday night. though.
0: Yes, in a way. But um, I have four bets and then one little um, teaser tickler. But um, I hate big lines in the NFL. I know it's going to catch me. And the Giants just stink. They're so bad. They're not going to get any better. Um, there's no hope for the Giants. The Rams, I think, I'm hoping they figure something out a little bit against the Bills, albeit they were down a lot. Maybe that offense clicked a little bit. Um, Rams given 12.5, 13. I know the line opened around 9 or 10. But under two touchdowns, I have to take it. I'm waiting for the back door, but I have to take the Rams minus 12.5, 13. KC minus seven against New England. Seems too easy, but I'm biting. Um I think KC wants to give New England a beatdown. Who wouldn't? Um I don't think New England has the firepower to keep up with them. I see Chiefs winning this by double digits. Cleveland, Dallas, this total is very big and keeps growing, so it's scary me. But Cleveland, Dallas over 56. That's a lot of points in the NFL, but both these defenses stink. So I see no way one team doesn't for sure hit 30 points here. So Cleveland, Dallas over 56. The last one is the Bucs minus seven against the Chargers. I was on the Chargers last week. They stunk. Herbert, not bad, but it's going to take some time. I think the Bucs defense eats him up. Give me Tampa Bay minus seven. They win this by 10 or 12 points. And then last is a teaser. I see no way this can't lose. It's impossible. Seattle and Green Bay. Green Bay, as you mentioned, Atlanta at home. Tease them down to one, one and a half. And then you also get Seattle. I know they're going on the road. You could tease them down to a half a point. So all you have to have is Seattle and Green Bay win. I mean, I don't see how that loses. So lock that teaser in. All right, folks, you heard it here. That's the Danimal
1: plays for week four in the NFL. Good luck on your action. We'll, uh, we'll bring you on again next week. See how you did and and hear your plays for week five. All
0: right. Good luck, everybody.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Danimal, and good luck with your bets this week. As you all are about to see, Danimal and I are going to be going head-to-head on some of these, and that's fine. That's why it's good to get more opinions out there and when you really think about it, even when you see an edge on your numbers or in your handicap, at best, even in the very best situations, you're likely in a spot where, at best, laying minus 110, you have a 40% plus chance of losing that bet. So it's good to keep in mind, good to get multiple opinions out there. Danimal is a very sharp lad. So it's definitely giving me reason to pause on some of my bets, but you're about to hear what my bets are for this week. And it's good to have all these opinions out there for everybody. But time for the official Doggy Juice Week 4 NFL Plays. Betting board value on the NFL this week. According to my numbers, there was not a stronger play on the board than the Chargers catching 7.5 on the road in Tampa Bay. I took a bit larger than a normal position on this one because at north of a touchdown catching the hook, I thought there was a good chance that this Line can come down a bit, especially since I thought there was some value on the under at the opening number of 45. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. The line came down to seven, and the total is now a consensus 43, although I am seeing some 43 and a halves out there. And I agree with both those moves. Uh, But at seven or better, catching seven, the Chargers are a great look this week in a game where I think the line should be just a tick over five. We know the Chargers' MO it's to keep games close. But they're not a team that you really want to play on as a favorite normally with Anthony Lynn in charge. But on the flip side, they're a team you definitely want to get to look into play when they're catching points. And that's where they thrive and that's where they are this week. They still have a very strong defense. And the market's giving Tom Brady a little bit too much love this week, especially since he's going to be without, it looks like he's going to be without Chris Godwin, one of his top receivers. Um, obviously, the Tampa Bay defense has emerged as an elite unit, and that's the big worry here with with Herbert, the rookie quarterback, going on the road to face that defense, and, and the run defense especially. It's going to neutralize the Chargers' run game, and that's a big reason why I like the under in this one as well. I still think there's a pinch of value catching 43.5 under, and it's one of those spots where catching the full touchdown with the Chargers where you can argue there's a correlated parlay in, in play here because – there's a bigger there's a better chance usually that the game goes under when the Chargers cover. So under 43 and a half or better in that one. See if it ticks back up a little bit. And Chargers catching plus seven or better. Another team catching seven, and this one is on Sunday night football. The Eagles on the road visiting San Francisco in primetime. One of my favorite angles in sports betting, one where I find often that the market is not properly pricing this angle in, it's looking to play against teams returning from a long, extended time away from home. And that applies to the banged-up 49ers this week. The Niners, they've been away from home for a couple weeks now, uh, playing against the two New York teams and looking impressive in the process, I may add, especially with all of those injuries uh, going on with that team. But that's why I think we're having a little bit of additional value here on the underdog Eagles. When teams away from home... Or when they're away from home for that long, I love looking to fade them in that first game back. This applies to long basketball road trips, baseball road trips, and even hockey too. Usually there's so many distractions associated with returning home from that long trip being a, a long time away. And if you really think about it, I mean if you put yourself in those in that situation as an athlete, coaching staff, trainer all these people, they're just like us. And when you think about it, what happens when you return from a long vacation? When you return to your house, you got to catch up on a lot of stuff. You have to get all of your ducks in a row. Maybe you know that's doing your laundry or figuring out, you know, catching up on work, catching up on your messages and stuff. And these athletes obviously don't have the same day-to-day concerns as we do. But at the same time, they also do. And some of the small things. And that distracts them from preparing for this week's game. The coaching staff as well. They have families to return to. So one of my favorite angles to play on. And a profitable one over time. Is to look to fade these teams coming back. In their first game from a long trip. And you can argue that this is even more magnified right now. In the days of COVID travel. Add in a desperate winless team. Three games in with the Eagles here. Ordinarily I'd say probably look to to maybe even fade a winless 0-3 team in this spot just because they're usually so deflated after losing in all an effort down 0-2 the week before but amazingly the Eagles when they tied last week they picked up ground in the NFC East after tying the, the Bengals last week and we know there's still a path more importantly the Eagles still know there's a path for them in, in the weak NFC East the very weak division especially with the Cowboys banged up uh, and they're going to come into this game ready to prove something, I think. And yes, Wentz has looked terrible, uh, very bad early on, but that's why we're seeing this inflated price. Remember that when the season started, both these teams were one season win apart, and season win totals roughly nine and a half and ten and a half. That's not a seven point line. And the Eagles were banged up early on. They continue to be, but they do have Lane Johnson back. Healthy He's an integral part to that offensive line. And the the Niners are still very banged up. They might get Kittle back and a couple other guys back, but that defense is looking a lot different. This line should be closer to 4.5 on my stuff. Add in that angle on returning from home and all the distractions for the 49ers, and it makes me really like this play a lot on the underdog Eagles with everything to prove. So sprinkle this one in every single way. Uh, with the Eagles catching points and plus money uh, on the market. Split your ticket, first quarter, first half, full game, and and money line. And, And as always, shop around for the best price in the markets. And another dog, an ugly one to say the least. Yes, I'll be the guy on the Giants this week. No rush to bet this one, but I think this puppy can't sit at plus 14 without the pros coming in to snap back on that price plus 13 will work and yes there is over a 40 percent chance i hate myself for taking this one the giants didn't run a single play in the red zone against the 49ers last week but as legendary vegas odds maker jimmy vaquero likes to say joe's bet teams pros bet numbers that's one of the slogans here at the doggy juice pod and this number is almost three points out of whack according to my stuff And I get it, the Giants are a mess right now while the Rams have been pressed out of the gate. But remember that the past two weeks, the Rams have flown from the East Coast back to the West Coast, back to the East Coast, and now again back to the West Coast. That's a lot of time in the air, traveling during COVID. That's a lot of time away from their homes. It's a lot of distractions returning home to kind of nail the point home that I was talking about with the Eagles. Especially in a shootout, after a shootout with Buffalo last week, it took a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Uh, combine that with the fact that the books are begging you pretty much to take the dog here. The books are going to need the dog here with this inflated price. We'll see where this line goes, but the Giants at plus 13 or better for something small, and plus 14 for something more serious. This number is long gone, but I do have positions on the Jets tonight at plus 3 and the money line at plus 125. I'm going to stay away from mentioning bets I have on here that are no longer available in the market, and this is a game that I made a pick Actually, the Jets, close to a pick The Jets, just the slightest of favorites, and the game graded as a spot where I would take three points happily with either team. So I completely agree with the line move, as the Broncos named Brett Ripon their starting quarterback. But nobody wants to hear about awesome bets that are no longer available in the market. But this is an important time to demonstrate the timeliness of that bet and why it's important to lock in those prices when there's asymmetric risk. And here, when the line was at plus three, the risk of it going down below three was much more costly than the risk of the line moving up above three. And especially unlike which is a spot that was unlikely in a game between these two teams with such a low total. So grabbing the Jets plus three when it was available was it involved asymmetric risk. It was more beneficial to take that bend because the chances, you know, the losing out on that plus three was way more detrimental than then maybe missing out on a plus three and a half of that showed so i also like the first half under in that one i have under 20 at minus 115 i think that's worth a good look you might not be listening to this one in time but i expect both coaches to play it pretty close to the vest early on in that one both of them on the hot seat and both have struggling quarterbacks but i do like the jets to win this one at home on thursday night in which which should be a very real barn burner and if you've been listening to The dogged juice pod regularly lately. You know that I was bullish on the Browns and the Lions relative to the betting market at the start of the season. Both struggled out of the gates. The Lions, in epic fashion, obviously the the week one game losing uh, to the Bears when they had a a pretty big lead heading into the fourth quarter, and, and they were winning against the Packers at the beginning of that game. But they. They did cash last week, winning outright against the Cardinals, and the Browns cashed last week as well. This week, I do show the slightest of edges over break-even on both of those teams. The Browns catching four and a half at the Cowboys, and the Lions catching four, hosting the Saints. For the Browns, they travel to Dallas to face a banged-up Cowboys defense that's been in two straight shootouts that were emotionally draining, to say the least. The offense is electric, but the defense... Is very vulnerable. The Browns are flying a bit under the radar right now. I think they're slowly building steam under first year head coach Stefanski, who's taking the time to implement his style and make all of the pieces fit together. With their schedule and the fact that they don't have to travel more than 250 miles away from home after this game until after Thanksgiving, that should only help give them more continuity and more confidence early on in the season. This is one of their biggest tests, though. Over the next couple of months, but the Browns, with that running game against the Cowboys run defense, which would effectively keep Dak and that electric but tired Cowboys offense off the field in the process, the Browns are 100% a dog in this one, so sprinkle some of that money line at plus 185 or better. As for the Lions, they got a big win on the road last week, cashing our plus six and money line tickets, like I said before, for those of you that follow the Doggy Juice Pod recommended plays. The Lions have the pieces. They're getting healthy, um, especially on defense. They have the pieces on offense, and they are a live dog at home on this one, certainly. The book is out on Drew Brees. Everyone and their uncle knows now that it's just not he's not as effective in throwing the ball down the field. And per NFL handicapper Steve Fezzik, Brees is currently under five yards per play in air yards, and the lowest player in the NFL in each of the past two seasons finished above six in that department. So... Getting Michael Thomas back will be a huge help if Thomas does return this week, but it's pretty clear he's not going to return 100%, so pay attention to that one, and news on his availability will impact the line once it becomes official. And the line has dropped a touch on both of these, the Browns plus four and a half and the Lions plus four since the openers, really squeezing away the drops of value that were still available in the value lemon, so to speak. So If you're playing both of those, keep the investment small, something like a half a unit split between the spread and the money line, maybe three quarters uh, of your position on the spread and one quarter on the money line. But there's nothing wrong with playing either of those teams at plus four better and looking around for the best money line price. And Illinois betters, one of the absolute best features about dimers.com the official home of the doggy juice pod now is that dimers shows the best price available at your legal sports books on any side you're looking to bet on. So as betters finding the best price is literally the difference between winning and losing in the long run. I've long maintained that here on the podcast and, And I've said that for a long time, that there's one single piece of advice I can give to new bettors out there or even the more serious grinding bettors out there if they want to increase their chances. The easiest thing they can do to increase their chance of winning in sports betting in the long run is to have multiple outs and always strive to shop around and find the best price they can at any point in time for any bet. It's so important that I cannot stress it enough. So in terms of sides... Like I always say, it's rare when my numbers find value on more than three to four sides worth taking on the spread in the NFL in any given week. My numbers do slightly lean to the Cardinals as uh, that puppy comes closer to minus three on the road at Carolina. And they also lean to the Patriots catching seven points on the road against the Chiefs. Uh, If you can shop around and find a seven flat, that's... Nothing wrong with the small play on that one, but those are not enough to bet at those numbers right now in the current market, or the current market consensus, at least with the current information that I'm working off as of Thursday afternoon. But oftentimes, besides taking some early market positions, there just isn't enough value on the NFL betting boards by the end of the week and into the weekend. Player props are a different story, though, and those softer player prop markets are something I want to incorporate more on the doggy juice pod here in the near future. In terms of the hometown Bears, I can't fault people for snatching up those plus threes when they were available at the Sunday opener and even on early Monday morning. Foles is, is a pretty substantial upgrade over Trubisky in a lot of people's eyes, but I actually lean the Colts here at minus two. The Colts are number one in DVOA through the first three weeks of the season at Football Outsiders. Hasn't quite been enough at minus two to warrant a bet for me yet, especially with some uncertainty on how Foles is going to look and how he's going to fit in with the offensive pieces after one week of practice as the number one. It really is a spot where I'm more intrigued to get involved in this one in live betting. The Colts are definitely the lean for me, though. Their defense is so strong and their offensive line is perfectly built to neutralize the Bears' biggest strength on defense. And as for our teaser of the week here on the Doggy Juice Pod, there are a few options that fit the good old Stanford Wong model of crossing through the key numbers of 3 and 7 on both legs of a two-team six-point teaser when laying less than minus 120 juice, preferably minus 110, obviously. And those, uh, let's see, the Jets and the Broncos, those both fit, depending on when you bet them this week. The Bears are a fit, against the chargers teasing up through the three and the seven the chiefs and the packers have fit during the week as well but none of these fit nicely enough for me to recommend as the teaser of the week so for week four we'll officially pass the doggy juice pod teaser of the week forced to play one though i'd probably tease the chiefs and the packers down to just pretty much ask to minus one ask each team to pretty much win the game out right but obviously i do lean the way of. Uh, of the Patriots against the Chiefs on the spread. So I just can't get behind it. So it's going to be a pass for me this week on the teasers. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the doggy juice pod. I'm so excited to get going with dimers and appreciate all of you for listening and all of you new listeners out there, welcome to the podcast. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DoggyJuice. I'm looking forward to bringing on a whole new slew of guests in upcoming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, good luck with your bets, and I will talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out.